Good morning. It is Monday, June 27th, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last talked, the grain and oilseed markets have basically erased the price gains that were posted in reaction to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Big, big losses in the markets last week. Gas prices, they backed off from the highs, but are still high enough to change consumer buying habits. Heavier than expected rains fell across the Midwest over the weekend. And last night, the Colorado Avalanche beat the Lightning in Game 6 to win the Stanley Cup. Good morning, Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Good morning. I'm here in a suburb in, in St. Louis uh, after a wild weekend with my family where we housed 18 people in one lake house, and I had quite the fun. <laughs> that's awesome you deserved it good stuff jim i can't wait to see more pictures and hear the rest of the stories welcome to you all uh glad that you are with us on this monday morning i'm agritalk host chip flory good morning melody melody's already hit us in the comments that is a reminder to everyone that if you would like to participate in the uh in the conversation this morning use that comment that comment box over there to do that and Gary's already hitting us with a question as well. We will be getting to that question in just a little bit. Uh, first things first, I think uh, just a little bit of market talk from, from last week, Jim. Those grain markets, like I said, they basically erased everything that they had put on since Russia invaded uh, Ukraine. And now with I mean, next weekend is the 4th of July, Jim. Yeah. And, and here we are. Uh, We've got a pretty good setup for a for a crop in the middle of the country right now. Yes. You know, I was in Pennsylvania last week, and of course, I'm in Missouri now. And while Pennsylvania needed another shot of rain, I think it was, well, it was forecast because I was hit with it on my way driving back home. The crops look good around here in Missouri. And my old line that I learned from Mike Zahn, a former uh, agricultural consultant, you'll remember yeah. that name. I think yep. he's retired now. He said on July the 4th, you go to a, a a field, you know, you know, near a cornfield, play a softball game. If you hit it out into the field and can easily find it, go long. Yeah. Okay. But if you can find it, if you have a hard time finding it, yep. short the market. It, it's as simple as that. Chip, the crops yeah. look good to me. I, I was yeah. surprised. Wherever I go, the crops are looking good. Yeah, they they are a bit behind. I I would like to see them a little bit further ahead than what they are. Uh, but there's as things stand right now, we've got every bit of an average crop going out there. And the only reason that I'm calling it average is because of that planting date uh, being a little less than optimum. Uh, we had a slightly bullish cattle on feed report on Friday afternoon as well. I just want people to be aware of that. That's something that we'll be watching this morning. Yes, and we get a hogs and pigs report, I think, Wednesday, and acreage and grain stocks on Friday. So we're going to Thursday, get a, on Thursday, uh, Thursday, you know, Thursday, June 30th. Thursday, yeah. Yep. We're going to get a snapshot of very good uh, uh, updated news, and I think that's what the market's also kind of trading. Absolutely. Uh, we are going to be talking about food price inflation and scarcity and the, the shortage risks around the globe in the second half of this morning's uh, signal to noise with Representative Glenn G.T. Thompson from Pennsylvania. 
he'll be joining us here at the at the bottom of the hour. So looking forward to that conversation with him as well. Okay, uh, the big news from last week in D.C. was the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. Jim, what does that signal for this fall's in, uh, elections? Uh while the Democrats think that it'll help them, I'm, again, I'm not quite so sure because really the ruling uh, by the conservatives uh, on the bench, uh, uh, Chip, uh, basically said this is not a federal decision. Leave it to the states. And it's not the end uh, of, uh, of abortions. They're going to leave it to the state as probably it should have been, you know, to begin with. So uh, I, I think you can uh, claim both impacts as far as any political impact. It's a personal decision, and it varies across this great country. Right. Okay. Will the Democrats, in response to this, the Democrats in control of the House and the Senate, will they attempt to expand the Supreme Court? Well, in verbal lives, you know, but the White House put out over the weekend again that President Biden is not for that, and they wouldn't be able to do it because uh, centrist Senator Joe Manchin has already said he would not vote for that. So it's a talking thing, but it, but it, but it's not going to be realized, Jim. Okay. Uh, another item from last week: there was an important fertilizer ruling on duties on imports. What's the next step with this, Jim? Well, they've got more. The Commerce Department has to finalize it. Yep. So so we have another leg to that. But the frustration is that here we have tariffs on at the time when, although they've come down and we're building inventory of fertilizer, it just doesn't, uh, you know, square. So I think that the pressure is going to yep. be there, perhaps to get a legislative fix, Jim. Uh, so we'll have to ask G.T. Uh, Thompson about that. Okay, very good. And Josh Linville from Stone X is going to be on AgriTalk this morning. We'll get his uh, take on what this means for the markets going forward as well. Food price forecast, you mentioned it, Jim, uh, expected to be up by the most in more than 40 years. Food price inflation is is forecast by USDA at 75 to 8.5% for 2022. We had some analysts on from Wells Fargo this last week, Jim. It, it, food price impl- inflation is double digit I, right now. There's just no question about it. Yeah. Well, d- down here in Missouri, I'm here about those cheese prices. Let me tell you, dairy, okay. when I was in Pennsylvania. I think they were $21 a hundredweight price. And now I, I can see the impact. Yeah. We've, we have currently the highest, uh, you know, food prices seven and a, up seven and a half to eight, eight and a half percent, Chip. That is the highest since 1980. Uh, my thing is, I'm not taking a pot shot at USDA, but but I think that they should have been a little accelerating in their forecast. I mean, they keep going up yeah. and up and up and up. So, I, you know, now they're saying, well, it's going to be the rate of in- inflation overall and then interest rates. But, boy, you don't have to go many places to see the impact here. And even in the alcohol thing, I saw uh, lighter pours. Okay. <laughs> they're dealing oh. with they're dealing with inflation, let me tell you. <laughs> that's Especially in wine. That, that's called shrinkflation. Yeah, yeah. shrinkflation. <laughs> the, the wine, the, you're not getting near the wine you usually got in that glass. My goodness. Well, 
that's no good. No. Don't like seeing that but, at but all. The impact on this is yeah, it feeds into the overall increase that inflation, which is a tax, basically. Yeah. Anywhere, depending on what you buy, three hundred to five hundred dollars a month add-on to to your expenditures, and you know that is really hurting more than a few families. Oh, it is definitely changing buying habits. There, there's just no question about it. Uh, I think it's going to have an impact on uh, what consumers do the rest of the summer as far as travel goes. It's going to slow down the economy. Uh, yeah. You know, like, you know, Gary asked, was it a threat that Biden made to nationalize the oil industry like Venezuela did? It's a, it's a threat. That was frustration. I think that you heard from uh, our president, even some of you know people in his own party would, would not go for that because on the one hand, they can't. Uh, call uh, former President Trump a, a, a pseudo-dictator and then do something like that. So, no, I just don't see it. Okay. Uh, it, as long as we're on to oil prices now, there's also some talk about putting a cap on what countries or what um, Russia can receive for, for oil. Uh, what's the status there? Well, I think that they'll announce that on the G7 if they haven't already, Chip, and they're they're going after their second largest export in Russia, gold. So they're tightening the screws there, and you saw at least in the official way that Russia defaulted for the first time for many, yeah. many years, uh, but, but they claim that it's due to the sanctions and that they can pay it up in euros, uh, et cetera. So they're tightening the screws once again. And they also, the G7 group of seven leaders, uh, they're meeting in Germany. Uh, they, they also said that uh, they're going to commit to Ukraine for the future because there's been ideas that it's weakening. Uh, the one thing that caught my eye, Chip, is that Germany is apparently going to push to have waivers of biofuels, you know, mandates. But uh, the U.S. and a couple of other countries, I think Canada, are not going to go along. But that shows you the sensitivity of those biofuel waivers. Okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, talk a little bit more about fuel prices because last week, President Biden basically snubbed the big oil executives uh, went to an offshore wind meeting rather than attending the meeting with the with the oil executives left the oil executives for energy secretary Granholm uh, we've also got the proposal out there for the federal uh, gas tax holiday fuel tax holiday what's the odds that that Congress will approve the the tax holiday in the single digits. The, the oh. votes are not there, even in his own party, Chip. Yeah, it's just the movement is not there. Now, individual states, have, we have a few states that have already done it. My new home state now of Virginia tried it, but the, but the legislature didn't go along. So, no, I, I just don't see it, Chip, because it got tied into uh, cosmetics, uh, you know, issue that it, it won't it won't have any uh, durability. And Senator Manchin pointed out that if you have a three month suspension, that would end just before the November 8th yeah. election. So, again, the pressure would be to extend it. And there you go. Then it yeah. got tied into the these funds are used for for the uh, highway development and and, right. uh, and and fixing. So, no, I I, uh, I just don't see it. All right. So that answers Gary's second question there about the over-under on 
on the gas tax holiday, saving yeah. the Fourth of July picnic. I love that. Uh, I don't know if that's gonna if that's gonna happen or not. All right. Uh, let's see. You mentioned that Russia has defaulted on some of the some of its debts. Uh, what what does that mean going forward? Uh, well, I don't know. They're, they're going to continue to default now because yeah. I has cast now. And I, I think now you're going to see the, the sanctions, although they, in the long run, they really never totally work, but it's starting, it's go, uh, starting to bite now with Russia. So, uh, and, and that's the key to sanctions. They have to last. Yep. And initially he got through on the, uh, the price of oil uh, and with India and China buying uh, a lot, okay? But by capping that price, yeah. uh, and they can do it in certain ways, uh, that begins to really get And then stopping the, the gold purchases. And stopping the gold is big yeah. because they, they, it was a chunk. Uh, that, that's going to start adding up here. Yes. Okay. Some of the G7 members are concerned that this war is going to drag on. Uh, put Germany and France in that group. Uh, they may be more open to the idea of a negotiated ceasefire, Jim, which if it's a negotiated ceasefire, that would mean that some pieces of of Ukraine would be turned over to Russia, right? Yeah, that's so typical of some countries in Europe over the years, Chip. It's called appeasement, by the way, uh, no matter what you call it. It is appeasement. And second, the U Ukraine's president has said he won't, he won't do that. You right. know? He, he won't sit down. So there's your push. And this is what Putin is going on. He just because each, each month or almost each week now, that these things uh, uh, are extended, uh, sanctions, et cetera, uh, for both sides, you know, their, their right. energy price, especially going into uh, inventory buildup or the lack thereof for winter in, in Europe, uh, uh, energy supplies, it puts pressure. So you, it's, it's hand-holding time, Chip. But I don't see a negotiated settlement, uh, at least at this time. And okay. I maybe would see a, a prisoner swap because we have two Americans now uh, that, that were you know captured by Russia. But it's not a negotiated between Russia and the U.S. because it'll be uh, the, the two sides, Ukraine and Russia. And so I do see that at some juncture. But uh, okay. we're, th this is going to last far longer than people realize, far longer. Years, okay. years. Yeah. yeah, that's unfortunate, but I think you're you're right on that, Jim. Okay, here we are at the bottom of the hour, and that means that it is time to bring in and welcome in our guest, Representative Glenn G.T. Thompson from Pennsylvania. There he is right there. Uh, Representative Thompson is the ranking member on the House Ag Committee. G.T. Thompson, welcome to Signal, <laughs> Signal to Noise. Good morning. Hey. Hey, good morning, guys. Chip, uh, Jim, thanks so much. Great to see both of you. Thanks for the opportunity to join you. Absolutely. Glad that you're here. Jim, I know that you recently had a conversation with uh, Representative Thompson. I'm going to turn it over to you and let you take this, buddy. Okay, sure. Make sure you say hello from me to the better half. Uh, your wife, <laughs> your wife, Penny, we had an excellent dinner with another person and uh, it gave me, I, I remember one line GT said that he calls rural America, essential America, yeah. you know, 
So uh, I, I wanted to start off, Congressman, with um, where are we going on this uh, making sure for food security, not only in the U.S., but the world? I know you were recently part of a letter sent uh, on this one. Can, can you go, you know, kind of give us an update? I'll do that, Jim. And, and thanks for bringing up Essential America, because that's really what it is. Always, uh, obviously, really proud to be to represent and to be from rural America and and uh, and and what the Agriculture Committee does in serving. But but I uh, I have certainly come to the conclusion we might as well rename it Essential America because everything American families need uh, that is essential comes uh, from the areas that they know that uh, that are rural. So really proud of that term. Yeah, uh, we uh, about two weeks ago, the uh, 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 actually uh, two weeks ago today, uh, we sent a letter to President Biden. And by we, I mean, I was, uh, I, I penned it. I was joined by Leader McCarthy, Whip Scalise, uh, uh, Conference Chair Stefanik. Uh, we also, uh, but we had a total of uh, almost 100 members, uh, Republican members that put their signature on that uh, um, on that signature. And uh, we, uh, uh, the letter to President Biden basically kind of laid out where we're at, uh, where, you know, when it comes to food security in this country and, uh, and the cost of food for American families, the, in, the input costs on, on our farmers, our ranchers. Um, and so we just laid out some basic things uh, uh, that, quite frankly, the Biden administration doesn't need Congress for, that they could do with a stroke of pen. Uh, the only tool they needed was a pen uh, to be able to do this and you know, to address these farm input costs. Part of that is, you know, part of it was dealing with uncertainty uh, in terms of the ongoing discussions of uh, returning to a, a uh, Obama-Biden era of uh, Waters of the U.S. proposal, uh, which would... Uh, the, the problems that that would create for all private property owners, let alone for our farmers, will be significant. EPA's uh, encouraging EPA to refocus on sound science, uh, you know, ending the, uh, you know, the, the proposed climate role where uh, uh, businesses, including farmers and farmers of all sizes, would be required to re re record data and to report it if they were working with, uh, you know, uh, you know, they say publicly traded, but I would argue that the way that role, that three-tier uh, emissions role is, it, it would impact uh, certainly more than just publicly traded organizations. So there, there are a host of things that we that we sent. Those are things that the Biden administration could do that I think would send signals, some that would immediately bring down input costs, and it would be good for American families in terms of affordability of food. Now, specifically, Congressman, what can he do relative to fertilizer prices, in your judgment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they could uh, add um, um, the, the key minerals for manufacture, uh, fertilizer manufacturing to the critical minerals list. Uh, and by doing that, that would help to facilitate uh, the mining, refining, distribution, and the use of, uh, uh, you know, of, you know, things like uh, phosphates, phosphorus uh, that that we need. I mean, uh, you know, most farmers I talk with uh, today, if they're able to get fertilizer, and that's a huge concern because if you're not able to get fertilizer, your yields are going to go way down. Yeah. And if there was ever a time when the American farmer needed all the tools that it could get uh, in terms of increasing yield, you know, it's in the middle of this uh uh, well, you all were talking about it before I came on. I was listening, you know, what Vladimir Putin has done in Ukraine 
that's going to result in significant hunger, starvation, and death by famine in other in the other parts of the world. In the United States is going to be increasing cost of food, um, and so we we should be doing everything we can to equip the American farmer uh, on the fertilizer side. Uh, that would be part of it as well. There's also uh, you know, we were we had a, a, a great ruling under the Trump administration in terms of the byproduct of of, uh, of producing one of these minerals, you know, to, that uh, you could use the byproduct, uh, which otherwise have to be stored very expensively. Yeah, it could be used for road construction. So it could be used in government government funded projects. And so there are a number of things that, quite frankly, with a stroke of a pen, uh, President Biden and his administration could implement. Okay. Do, do you see Congress, the Democrats, I don't think the Republicans will vote for it. One last big attempt at a big bill uh, relative to reconcil a new reconciliation bill, Congressman, that would include uh, the uh, some sort of green energy bill language. It would include some Obamacare provisions that are soon to expire either in the fall, I think, or early next year and a, and a big tax increase on the wealthy. Uh, I'm, Do you see yeah, that? Yeah, I'm afraid so. And it's going to wind up being a tax increase on everyone, especially I think the most uh, dangerous times uh, for that will be uh, from the first after the first Tuesday in November when when I, I think we're going to restore checks and balances, uh, take back a, a Republican majority in the House and I think a Republican majority in the Senate. And so I, I think the Democrats at that point uh, between then and and that first week in January, when the 118th Congress is sworn in, uh, they're going to be very desperate. And, uh, and that's going to be the most uh, the time when they're going to do, I think, the most dangerous and damaging things uh, for the, uh, um, you know, to the American people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's still an opportunity out there for them to do a budget reconciliation bill. Okay, I want to I want to have the audience uh, hear what you told me relative to if you are the new chairman in the new Congress next year, relative to the farm bill. Because prior to talking with you, Congressman, I was really in the camp of a one or two year extension. But after listening to you and what you want to do, can, can you go through one of the first things you're going to do if you are chairman? Yeah, well, there's a couple of options here that would have to happen. Because as, as you know, the, the current farm bill expires the end of September in 2023. So a couple of things can happen. Number one, we can just allow it to expire. Awful choice. We revert back to a Dust Bowl era uh, farm bill provisions. Um, many things that need to be addressed wouldn't be. It would be very damaging. Yes. That's option one, unacceptable. Option two is to do a year, two-year extension, something like that. We have done that in the past. Not the best option, though, uh, because, quite frankly, it's you, you have missed the opportunity to improve and to refine different provisions of the Farm Bill. Uh, option three is to do our job. Now, we're, real, we're way behind, uh, sadly, but we're picking up tempo, which I'm, I am pleased with that, but we're, uh, we should have been at this tempo two years ago. Uh, so if, if, if I do have the privilege and the opportunity to be able to hold the gavel, to be the, um, be the, the uh, chair of the Agriculture Committee, my, my goal is to increase the intensity significantly starting in January. And that will be to continue a, a very active tempo of, of, of bringing people into Washington, having hearings there. But it also is going to be about traveling around the country, which is what we've done in every farm bill I've ever been a part of, uh, where we travel, uh, we have a chance to 
you know, bring the voices of rural America, essential America, uh, to the table. And so that uh, that would be my goal. Uh, Jim, uh, as you I think, you know, we you don't have to rewrite the entire farm bill. No, uh, but you do need to have this opportunity to listen and to hear. Use those listening skills uh, to hear from the American people, the farmers, the ranchers, the rural communities, the uh, the processors, all the key stakeholders of what's working and what's not working. If it's working, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But if there's areas that we can make refinements and improvements, or there's things that that need to be addressed that we're not addressing. And we have some, you know, we we have some uh, difficult times, right? Just look at title one, where you look at uh, almost all commodities, not all rice is, is struggling with their prices. Uh, But, uh, but all commodities, including rice, uh, are struggling with high input costs. And at the end of the day, although some programs we run based on the on the the reference price on how much farmers and ranchers are getting, they're businesses. And at yeah. the end of the day, it's the margin that matters. And I would argue that with the cost of uh, diesel fuel and fertilizer and seed and uh, uh, just everything that farmers need today, in, including workforce. Uh, there's very little to no margin. Two, two quick follow-ups. If I recall, you're going to try to be inclusive by meeting with every Democrat on the committee if you become chairman, you know, correct? Yeah, I, I had that discussion this week. I had a, a colleague that I served with, a Democrat, come up to me on the floor. And it's, I mean, uh, I'm not saying they're acknowledging the outcome of November. But he did say, uh, you know, when you're chairman, I hope you don't forget about us. And and I assured him that the Agriculture Committee has always worked well together. And so one of the first things I'll do once I have the if I would have the privilege and the authority to do it uh, is to meet with each individual member, both Republicans and Democrats, you know, to talk about their districts, their goals, um, their ideas, because um, that's important uh, to me. It's and this has always been reflective of how I've done all my legislation in the, in the time that I've served is uh, I bring everybody to the table. Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about what we disagree upon. I can turn on the cable news network and see that. But let's talk about what we can agree upon and make that the basis for cost-effective solutions. How about the funding issue? Will you go because you had an excellent uh, you know, subcommittee hearing in House Ag a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe it was last week, but uh, some good ideas came about, perhaps a pilot program on the margin for the for the grain. Yeah. But it, a number of these are adding up and, it, and you're going to need some additional funding, wouldn't you? Yeah, in the end, it really comes down to we can have excellent ideas that we authorize, um, but we, we need the support of the Appropriations Committee to uh, to, uh, you know, to make it a reality, obviously, because they're the folks that actually write the checks. And, um, you know, I've already uh, done something that I, I, I'm told has not been done, at least in the past 30 years, uh, where I worked with the uh, subcommittee chairman for agriculture approach. And I need to do that again because we had a change of leadership. Um, and we brought together on, on the Republican side uh, uh, all of the ag appropriations uh, members and all the all the Republican members of the Agriculture Committee, so that we could work together and we could share our, our thoughts, our ideas, our needs. And and to me, that's, um, you know, success in Washington, uh, well, anywhere in government, actually, and, and probably in life, is about uh, uh, relationships and networking. And um, and so that's, that's what I'm trying to lead with, so that ultimately the American farmer, rancher, forester, basically essential America benefits in the end. 
Gotcha. Chip, do you have anything? Gotcha. I am just interested more on the Title One, and you mentioned the potential for a pilot project of some sort, Jim. And really what they're doing is looking at the dairy margin protection program and saying, shouldn't we bring some sort of a margin protection over to the grain side of, of the of, of the safety net that's in the farm bill? Do you like the idea of running some sort of a pilot project on that? Well, Chip, I, I love the dairy margin coverage. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, li I love the 2014 version, too, before members uh, of Congress okay. who, were not, who were not on the Agriculture Committee changed it after we after we got it through committee and, and made it so it wasn't affordable, nor was it beneficial. 2018, they were hands off with it. And, and thank goodness for that. I think that saved a lot of dairy farms, especially when you compound things with, with uh, COVID. Um, and so I am a fan. I mean, uh, I mean, God was good when uh, and when he gave us, uh, you know, I think he must have inspired us to when it came to dairy to work on a margin basis uh, and look at that as a trigger. Um, it has worked really well uh, for for dairy. Yeah. And some and, and some and it's tried and tested in some very difficult situations. So, yeah, we, we should have that. But what we need first, though, are to have the hearings, the listening sessions, the field sessions, you know, to really vet these types of ideas uh, among the, the American farmers and ranchers. Right. What about the federal milk marketing order? Is there going to be, are we going to be able to understand how milk prices are set after the next farm bill? Well, that would be a modern miracle, actually. <laughs> <laughs> now, given the fact that there are very few people that can uh, determine that. But I, but I will say there's some principles that we're approaching there. Number one, uh, you can't, uh, and, uh, you know, I follow principle-based leadership. So I like yep. to define principles ahead of time that guides me, guides my work. And it, it's guiding the Republican work uh, nicely uh, with the committee. And I'm hoping the whole committee in the future. Uh, and when it comes to, to dairy and uh, federal milk marketing orders, we can't keep doing what we've always been doing, expect different results. It's right. It's it's awful when you look at the number of cows, number number of herds, number of farms that we lose through attrition, and so so we can't keep doing what we have been doing, um, and not expect that someday in the future it might be a decade from now we wake up and we have no dairy industry, right? Mm -hmm. And and then we're and then we're relying on foreign countries for our food supply, which is no, no. You know, that's a slippery slope to national national insecurity. Absolutely. Um, and so I think everything needs to be looked at um, and uh, in, and in, including, obviously, uh, uh, how our milk gets priced. Um, you know, it, it always amazes me that uh, when I look at what a gallon of milk sells for and what a gallon of water sells for, and there's just no comparison. Uh, yeah. Water's a fair, uh, a, a much... Yeah. Uh, uh, much more profitable market, it seems. <laughs> yes, it can be. Yeah, it certainly can be. That's all I've got, Jim. How about you? No, that that's it. I think you you've heard the uh, uh, widely expected incoming chairman after the elections. Uh, you can see he's broad based and he's inclusive. And I, on the surface, that's what you need for any secretary. And he's yeah. almost sounds like a cheerleader for ag, which I think he is, and that's what you yeah. always want to hear. That's right. That's right. We look forward to many more conversations with you, Representative Thompson. Thank you. Well, Chip, Jim, thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Be well. 
Yeah. Excellent. Thank you too. You too. All right, Jim, with that, we're going to have to wrap things up because we are out of time. <laughs> quick note, quick note um, on next week's signal to noise, the markets are going to be closed and, and the federal government is going to be closed for the July 4th holiday. Here it is already. That means that signal to noise next week will be the second half of AgriTalk. So tune in at 10.06, and Jim will be on at the bottom of the hour on Tuesday, July 5th. Uh, today on AgriTalk, we got Machining Repeat. We're going to get an update on Ukraine from Dan Bossi, Ag Resource. We're going to talk fertilizer uh, with Josh Linville from Stone X. All right. And with that, have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.